This is the UU Perspective with your host, Sharon Merrill. This is episode number 39 of the UU Perspective, where you hear weekly interviews from Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists that are changing the world. Whether you're already a member or a seeker exploring the faith, there is something here for everyone. So as you sit, walk, jog, or drive, enjoy the conversations you're about to hear. My guest today is Reverend Chuck Freeman, and again, another Texan we have today, and he has been in the ministry since 1977, serving the Church of Christ and Unitarian Universalist congregations. He's also the founding member of the Free Souls Church in Round Rock, Texas, and he is also the founding member of the Texas UU Justice Ministry, and he is the executive director, and that's going to be our focus today in asking him questions about the justice ministry and what has been happening with that and the accomplishments he has made. He is also a certified chaplain who has ministered in the Texas Medical Center in Houston and with Hospice Austin, and he is the co-founder of Hospice Austin's Bereavement Counseling Program. Chuck is also the creator, producer, and host of the radio program Soul Talk, which has been broadcasting since 96. And if you're interested in hearing that, it actually streams 24-7, and you can find that at soultalkradio.com, and I'll have that in the show notes. He's involved in so many things. He has founded and is president of the Free Souls Project, promoting the integration of spirituality, democracy, and ethics from a liberal faith perspective. His blogs on politics and religion have appeared on Fire Dog Lake, the Seminole, and also in the Huffington Post. Chuck has been featured in a lot of different medias, and if you want to take a look at that, you can go to Chuck's Media Ventures at chuckfreeman.org to check that out to find out more. Okay, so as you're listening, when I get to the end and ask that big question that I always ask everybody, stay tuned afterwards because there's about another two and a half minutes where we get into another little conversation, and I don't want you to miss that and and think that we're done. So keep listening even after my last question. All right, so let's get to it. And here is Chuck. I've already given everyone a little information about you, Chuck, but you go ahead and let everybody know a little bit about yourself and your involvement in the UU community. Well, I've been a UU minister since 1996 in the Austin, Texas area. I was 16 years at the Light Oak UU Church in Cedar Park. Uh, three years ago, I started the Free Souls Church in Round Rock, Texas, and I'm currently the executive director of our Texas Unitarian Universalist Justice Ministry. We have 31 congregations across the state in our coalition right now and still adding on. Wonderful. And... Tell us a little bit how the uh, the Texas UU Justice Ministry got started. Well, it's one of those things, you know, whose time has come. I remember eight or ten years ago, the man, he's actually the current president of our justice ministry, got up at a district conference and made a big pitch for a justice ministry. And as UUs are very capable at doing uh, committee meetings and talks and committee meetings and talks, and the thing died. And then uh, about three years ago, 
some other folks decided they wanted to get a justice ministry going. We had, in January of 2012, at the Live Oak Church, we had a meeting of uh, 20, 25 people from across the state. And this time, it was like, okay, we're ready to do something. We're ready to commit. We're going to steering committee. We've got some people who want to give some money and write some grants. And so we were finally able to launch it this time. And I said, look, we cannot talk this to death. We have to do something. And everybody, well, there were enough of us on the same page to do that. And now we have a very effective justice ministry in Texas. And what is your main focus? Well, our focus is working, you know, through the legislative process and all the other things, the policies and the regulatory agencies and things like that that impact laws and policies in the state of Texas that reflect our values that we're out there advocating for, working with allies who have, you know, similar values and goals. And then we also work with congregations in their local cities and towns to work on issues that are important to them. And we, you know, kind of build relationships and build synergies. So, for instance, we just, uh, San Antonio, with the president of our justice ministry, Mike Phillips, at the helm, worked through the Industrial Areas Foundation to get a living wage passed through the county and through the city for their workers. And that's one of our goals is economic justice. So then they'll be available to work with other congregations who want to do that in their cities. So is the majority of the work on wage equality and that type of thing, or are there other issues too that have been at the forefront? Well, we just, we just voted on our top three issues. So in Texas, the legislature meets every other year. So our legislature ended you know, around May of this year. So we had a deliberative process, nomination process, and we just voted uh, to have our issues in between the legislative session, which will begin again in January of 2017. So economic justice, reproductive justice, immigration, and refugee rights. Yeah, because you have camps down there for the women refugees. Oh, we have a bunch of them here in Texas. And so have you worked inside of that as far as getting the women and children out? Well, we uh, haven't really worked inside. Now, We the T. Don Hutto Residential Center, whatever they call it, it's a prison. They've got barbed wire up everywhere. Uh, we have members of our justice ministry working with other organizations here going in and visiting with the women. Currently, there's at least 27 women on a hunger strike saying, look, we came here for asylum. We've been basically in prison for a couple of years. We want out. We want, or we want our cases heard or whatever the case may be. And then we have at Carnes and Dilly are two other big ones in South Texas. We've been down to the ICE office in San Antonio working with UUSC, having a couple of rallies there. And then we there is a woman named Soma Franco who had taken sanctuary in First Unitarian Church here in Austin, and we were able, working with other faith leaders and other people in our coalition, to help accompany her there for her to get a stay on her. Uh, they were going to deport her because her lawyer had failed to, to uh, file some papers on her behalf, so they were going to deport her. She's an LGBTQ activist from uh, Guatemala, and of course her life was in danger. Mm, yes. Is that the one Meg Barnhouse was involved in? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. What have you found to be the biggest challenge 
with the organization and getting things done? Well, the challenge for most organizations that are startups is get, get enough of a financial base, you know, to do the work, to be able to pay me as a half, I'm a half-time executive director, you know, to be able to travel around the state. Uh, I go once a month to a congregation. So, you know, really money is always a big issue for any startup. And then, you know, it's just organizing, getting the word out, getting some traction and some accomplishments that you can say, hey, look, here's what we've done. We're worthy of your support. All these things, as you well know, they, they uh, intersect with each other. How many, about how many volunteers do you have that, that work with you to accomplish your goals? Well, we have, of course, we have a, a board of directors, which is uh, about six or seven people right now. And then the way our justice ministry is organized is that when a congregation comes on board, they pay a, a nominal $2 per member fee dues. And then each congregation gets two representatives to our advisory board. And our advisory board, I hold a monthly conference call. And so those are really our grassroots connections to the congregations are those advisory board ambassadors. And then they're actually the ones who will determine, you know, in relationship with their congregations, what our legislative agenda will be. And then, of course, we have members, like I have a general membership list of 175. It's probably at about 225 now because we just did a successful faith apply campaign. Uh, so, you know, and then we, we, we say that we represent about 5,000 Unitarian Universalists across the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. And in the past now, you've had some great funding for, the, one of them was the, the ACE funding that you've had? Correct. And that's for long-term job skills training. And how has that been going? Yeah. That's great. And you know, it, this is one of those things where it's really vital to work in coalition with allies and partners. So we kind of kind of came about this in a roundabout way because the first year that we, in 2013, we had just formed our justice ministry and the legislature had started, we didn't have even have enough time uh, to form our own legislative agenda. So we were working with our members who were already working in leadership positions, were working there, and then we could say, okay, we were in the leadership of this and kind of have a uh, cross-accomplishment there. And that's kind of how that happened, is we have in San Antonio and Austin and in Dallas uh, and a little bit in Houston some of our major leaders in Tex-UJIM, Texas EU Justice Ministry, are really active in the Industrial Areas Foundation. And so that initiative there, the ACE initiative, was really through the Industrial Areas Foundation groups working together with our many of our members in primary leadership positions. Mm-hmm. Now, has this been able to create better jobs for individuals or new jobs? Oh, yeah. I mean... The, I mean, the, the great thing about the ACE program is, for instance, in you know, in San Antonio, it's called Project Quest. Well, what they do is they are already they already have agreement with major employers in the area that you will hire people who've gone through our program, and it's an intensive program with a mentoring and you know, about job skills and life skills and financial management skills. So it's not just we're going to train you and then you know, will help you get a job. They basically already have 
agreement with major employers that they will take people who graduate successfully from their program. So yeah, you, you, I mean, you've got people probably, you know, making anywhere from eight to 10 more dollars an hour than they were previously. Wow. Wow. That's great. How many people have gone through the program, do you think? I, that I do not know uh, because, you know, it's, it's in, like I say, it's in those four cities. It's in Austin, it's in San Antonio, it's in Houston, it's in Dallas. I don't know, you know, corporately how many have gone through that. Um, but I, I know it's substantial. I know the one here in the Austin area, uh, they're, they're always filled and they have waiting lists and things like that. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what their capacity is, but I'm thinking, I've talked to Steve Jacobs, who's the guy who heads it up here in Austin. I'm thinking they put at least 100 people through there a year, maybe more than that. Yeah. Well, that's nice. All right. And when congregations are choosing to be a part of the organization, can they choose their own projects to do? Yeah, so we kind of have a two-pronged approach. We we vote on what we want to do collectively. So the top three issues that I mentioned a moment ago, that was a vote collectively from our member congregation. And then within their own congregation, they decide what they want to do. And so then what I what I do, and I just got through completing this uh, a couple of weeks ago because we just uh, we just voted on our issues. I made a little. Uh, a little chart, essentially, saying these are the issues in common and these are the congregations and we have, you know, here's the contacts, our advisory board contacts in these various congregations. So the idea is that they will be able to make contact and, of course, we get to know each other on these calls and from time to time at conferences and workshops and meetings in Austin and things like that. So they can go to school, if you will, off of each other and learn from each other and support each other about what they've done in their cities to be successful in these various areas. What do you see is the uh, future for the organization? Well, we hope the future is that we'll become a, a bigger influencer in the state of Texas regarding laws, regarding public policy, you know, that match up more with our values as Unitarian Universalists. And likewise, in individual cities. So we already, as I mentioned earlier, we already have in San Antonio. In fact, yesterday, the day before, there was a way good one, uh, did an NPR, you know, one of those six or eight long, long form uh, reports on what happened in San Antonio. So not only statewide at the state legislature, but in locale, cities, towns, et cetera, we want to be known as people who can successfully through organization and through connection and through funding and all the things that it takes for something to happen that we're known as an organization that can actually accomplish things that are closer to our values as Unitarian Universalists. All right. And as people are wanting to know more about this, where can they find out more information? Yeah, we can go to txuujm.org. That's our website. And then you can also look us up, Texas Unitarian Universalist Justice Minister on Facebook. All right. Well, great. To kind of wrap up, can you give us a favorite quote of yours? Well, you know, I go around doing my little stump sermon. <laughs> and uh, one of our ministers who used to live here, uh, Reverend Barbara Queeman, had done an excellent paper, a very long-form paper on the Universalist in Texas. And Reverend James Billings was the missionary to Texas. And I use this a lot. I'll be using it 
probably Saturday and Sunday, where he tells like, here we are back, you know, in the, the mid-1800s in Texas. And what he said was, organized error, out-distance, unorganized truth every time. And so that is a call for us to organize. We can complain. We can whine. We can lament all we want to about the direction that our state or country or city is going. But if we are have vacated the public space, if we've abdicated our responsibility and I think our birthright and our calling from our forebears of Unitarian Universalists, if we have abandoned all that, then we get what we deserve. And it's it's going to be a society that's less humane, that has less integrity, that has less and less dignity. So that's the call for us as progressives, as liberals, as people of faith to combine the wisdom and the teachings from the great traditions with science and uh, an integration that has so much integrity, then we have something that's potent because we're getting out of our comfortable churches where people just want to find safe harbor and saying we, our spiritual DNA, Unitarian Universalists, is to change and transform the world. Mm-hmm. That's a great call to action. And what you've just said probably maybe a lot of your answer to this next question that I ask everyone, and it is how is Unitarian Universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society? Well, you know, one of the great things that I get to hear when I'm up at the Capitol or when I'm working with ally organizations is that the people will say, we know we can always count on the Unitarian Universalist to be there when we need somebody to get to a rally, when we need somebody to do a drive, when we need somebody to be on the ground and help things happen. And that is absolutely within, you, you, you can't even open up any page of a, of a UU history book of any sort, and you, you just do that and put your finger down wherever you want to, and you're going to find the story of people his idea was, we're here to change and transform the world. You know, uh, one of my favorite quotes from Reverend Theodore Parker is, you know, why talk forever? There's never a better time to act than now. And he said, the world will never be a better place until we make the world better. And I could go on and on about that. So many of our uh, forebears who understood they weren't just there to have a comfortable place for themselves or be at a place where there were like-minded people. They were there to impact the world because of their faith. Oh, yeah. All right. That's great. I love it. Thank you so much, Chuck, for for giving all us the, the information. And hopefully things keep progressing and you have much much success with the Texas UU Justice Ministry and talk again in the future and find out more accomplishments that you've made. Okay, Sharon. Well, thank you for doing your podcast. I really appreciate your interest in what we're doing. And by the way, uh, we, I just got off before we call our national conference call of the statewide justice ministry. We have, you know, 23 and counting. Mm-hmm justice ministries across the nation and the goal is to have one in every state in the union and why not we it's imperative that we have that and that our voice be heard and that our actions transform every place 
that there are Unitarian Universalists. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. So each state is creating a, a justice ministry then. That's interesting. Well, that's the goal. Yeah. I say we have we have at least 23, and I know there's a couple more in formation, so that's a, a number, thankfully, that, that's shifting already. In fact, I had the privilege of going to Arkansas last week and w- working with uh, about 36 UUs from five congregations, and they, uh, after my presentation, and they'd already been doing a lot of work, decided to start a justice ministry in Arkansas. Oh, that is really cool. If you have a, yeah. do you have a list of all the states that do have a justice ministry? Absolutely, yeah. You, I can send it to you, but it's Tucson, C-U-U-S-A-N. We've got a, a nice website. We just revamped it, and, and there's a link there where it has, every justice ministry has a link on there. C-U-U-S-A-N, the Coalition of UU State Action Network. That's neat. All right. Are, is it a nonprofit? Yeah. Yeah, yes, we're a 501c3, you know, IRS-recognized organization. Are the other states setting up as that in that way, too? Yes, yeah. And then, you know, we've added on a 501c4, and a lot of the other ones have, too, which is more, you know, direct political lobbying, if you will. All right, great. Well, it was great talking to you, Chuck. Thanks so much. You too, Sharon. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And again, check out the show notes for all those links, especially to everything that he's involved in. And let us know, too, who has a justice ministry in their state. He says there's 23. Are you among one of those? All right. So, everyone, have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the UU Perspective Podcast. (music) 